0: The following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. For advertising information or to find more great podcasts, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com and follow us on Twitter at RealTheUnderdog. Okay.
1: Well, just put a record, we got a sun in Phoenix, too. 52.
0: Hey what's up everybody, welcome to the Sunny in Phoenix podcast, a weekly podcast where we keep you up to date on everything Phoenix Suns basketball. My name is Charlie Erling and as always I'm joined by Dabin Mitch Krumpetich. What it do baby! And David McGraw.
2: Sometimes it don't be like it be, but today it do.
0: Today it do, as well Amen, as today brother. it be. All right, this week we're going to be talking about some free agency, obviously. We'll talk about a couple guys that the Suns brought in and a couple of guys that we will be missing on the roster next season. After that, we'll talk a little bit about Summer League and uh, give you our plans for the week. We'll be down in Vegas for the majority of Summer League, so we'll be hitting you guys with some episodes while we're down there. Follow us on Twitter at Sonny and
1: PHX Pod. Same thing for Instagram. Go on iTunes, leave us a five star review and a comment, and you will get a shout out on the show.
0: All right, let's get into the free agency talk and the number one signing of the Suns. We finally have a point guard. We got Ricky Rubio on a three year, $51 million deal. So, a lot of us were pretty hyped up about D'Angelo Russell, some were hyped up about Malcolm Brogdon. But I think we can all say that if this was the third option that most of us had in mind, I'd say we came out pretty well locking up a guy like Rubio to play with this team.
2: Yeah, Rubio is a good choice. He's a solid starting point guard. He's not great. He's not, you know, a star caliber point guard or an all-star caliber point guard like a D'Angelo Russell. But... He is a guy that plays solid defense, is a really good passer, not really a good outside shot, but he's a point guard. I think that's the biggest thing to say about Ricky Rubio, is he is a starting caliber NBA point guard. And that is something that we have not had in a few seasons now.
1: Yeah, it is nice to have, I think we have five NBA players to start as of right now. And we haven't had that in a while. But the other thing about Ricky Rubio is he's 28. I always think of him as a little bit older. But 28 is still pretty young. He's still got a lot of good years ahead of him.
0: Well, he has been playing pro ball for a little longer than uh, most in the NBA. So he's put in the minutes.
1: Yeah, he has. But he's a good passer, like David said. Good defender. He's also just like a smart player. I remember uh, there were... It was... A couple of seasons ago, I think, um, or maybe it was last season, we got selected to like sit in these fancy Coors Light sponsored chairs on like on the court. It was just like a coincidence, and I remember Rubio like executed this really really nice play, and I I couldn't follow the ball like he whipped that thing around so fast, and I think that fits really well with what Monty Williams wants to do. He he talked about the. wanting a decision to be made whether it be to pass dribble or shoot in half a second and Rubio can definitely do that so I think he fits well with what Monty Williams is looking for
0: yeah and Rubio was a guy when he was coming into the league people said he was the second coming of Pistol Pete a lot of people compared him to Steve Nash and bringing a guy that some could compare to Steve Nash into Phoenix is pretty cool overall and I want to touch on another thing that Monty said while we were at that season ticket holder event. Uh, he was talking about the age range of players that he wanted and how he didn't want to get younger and how he wanted veterans who have proven themselves as a free agent signing. And Rubio definitely ticks all those boxes. We can. The one thing I'm most excited for, though, is pick and roll with DeAndre Ayton. I think that's where we're going to see Aiton start to eat a little bit. That's where we uh, get him his touches, and that's exciting because Rubio can run the PNR with him as well as Booker. We're going to have guys out there, numerous guys out there, who I'm going to feel pretty comfortable with running the PNR.
2: Yeah, and you know Ricky Rubio has played with big guys, not only in the NBA, but for, for the Spanish national team playing with the Gasol brothers. He... He's a smart player, he knows how to play with a big man, and I'm really excited for what him and Aiton can do and what, you know, that pick and roll is gonna look like. As well as getting Booker to play a little bit more off ball, his three-point percentage can probably jump up quite a bit. I'm assuming he's still going to be playing, doing some point Booker, playing some point Booker, but being able to have a guy in there that can play as a ball-dominant player and have Booker be a spot up shooter spot up a little bit and run plays if he does actually will be really nice
1: yeah and i think it's just nice to have options i think we'll still see some point booker too but he's shown that he he can fill that role like he can run the point he made some good plays and good decisions last year and really improved there but it's just nice that we don't have to have him do that like we're not desperate anymore
0: yeah, I've been talking about this since last year. I want to see Booker go into that role like Clay Thompson gets to run, J.J. Reddick gets to run. I want to see them running all over the court, getting getting hit by screens by three other players. I, I just want to see that happen, and that's where Booker can definitely, definitely raise up that three-point percentage again. Oh, yeah. Okay, so... I think we'll maybe swing back and talk about the team as a whole after that, so there's more to talk about on Rubio, but let's move it on to the newest signing. This happened a couple hours before recording here. Frank Kaminsky agrees to a deal with the Suns. It's a two-year, $10 million deal, so... Uh, as of now, it's five million per year. We haven't heard any details if any of these are front loaded or back loaded or anything like that. So, well, so it's... this
2: is I think the full room exception technically, which is not something the Suns have had to use in a while. But basically, when you're right up against the cap, uh, you have like five million a year. It's a I think it's a, like a two year five million a year contract that you can give out. And it's if like you're not a tax team going in, but you're up against the cap, or, like the soft cap, and it's two year ten million. I believe that's what this pretty much is.
0: Okay. That yeah, that makes sense. I know one of them. I think it's like five point seven or five point eight. You can give out if you're. Uh, that's not the full MLE. That's I think that's the
2: MLE if you're a tax team. If you're a previous okay. tax team
0: that makes sense and then you saw we saw a deal where Rashawn Holmes went to the Kings for the same deal can we maybe assume that that two year 10 million that we're gonna see is that
2: MLE yeah well Ennis Kanter went to the Celtics on that deal too yeah so you guys yeah
1: I like Frank Kaminsky though this is fine you know we needed a power forward he's better than Bender um you know, we I know there were a few people who were kind of mad that we didn't draft him before we knew how good Booker was, obviously. But it's kind of funny to be like, now we have him, and we didn't have to draft him. You know, you can never predict that kind of stuff. But I like this. He, he can shoot. Yeah. That's yeah. He, all I got. Yeah. <laughs> he can shoot. A <laughs> awkward silence after that <laughs> to <laughs>
0: excuse us for that, but no one knew where to go. But yeah, Frank can stretch the court, and I like looking back at his college career, where he was a pretty excellent post player there. Didn't he get quite a few buckets right underneath the rim? Yeah, the Badgers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and then he's a decent passer. He can play
2: with his back to the basket.
0: Right, but it's interesting that. When he gets to the NBA, he's not a back to the basket player anymore, and he he has to definitely expand on that three pointer and become more perimeter oriented just to keep up with the way the NBA is moving. Doing a pretty decent job of that. Uh, He kind of. There were some stretches where he wasn't getting minutes for the Hornets last year, and I, I just. I'm not sure what that was all about. I know Marvin Williams and Frank Kaminsky, and then one of the. Hernan Gomez brothers they were all kind of rotating in at those positions but you know I I think he'll definitely have a a nice impact for us and at the very least it kind of completes our roster we're too deep at every position now assuming that uh, Oubre comes back or either throw Cameron Johnson into that role but we have two players at each position and I think eight of them I'd consider for sure NBA-worthy players if we the the word's still out on our rookies. But we're pretty solid going in. I like this, this signing of Frank. I just think it fills us out real nice.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I don't necessarily know if he's a true four. I know he's played the power forward position for Charlotte. I feel like he's probably closer to a backup five. He's kind of slow. You know not a very athletic guy but he can space the floor and that's what you need from a four spot so i get why he's probably being looked at as the backup power forward and probably what he was brought in to be but i'm not against it there's definitely some size things that have been going on with the league kind of guys having more tradition or teams not guys having more uh big fours and you know playing a little bit back to the big style and less small and i think this helps us like with rebounding he's not necessarily a great rebounder and where he plays he's not necessarily a great rebounder but just another big guy that can put in there where we're not asking tj warren to help get rebounds like i, th- I think it's i think it's good i i think he's probably more of a backup center but i like the signing
0: well, Could when you bring that up, it makes me think is Baines maybe expendable a little bit more because originally Baines wanted if he was getting traded to go to a contender it was the first news that you heard out of Boston. And then all of a sudden he ends up okaying a trade to Phoenix. That was weird.
2: Yeah, we're a but contender. we weren't,
0: we weren't going to buy him out. Yeah, we're a contender now. <laughs> but we're not going to buy him out, but maybe that means once the trade deadline comes around and Baines has been looking pretty nice. It just gives us some nice flexibility with Kaminsky being able to kind of be plugged in at the four or five.
2: I think we still need another four then. If if Baines is expendable, then we still need another four. I the Baines thing is so weird because I mean he didn't have to okay a trade. He opted in and then was traded, so it it's unsure, it's unclear. It kind of seemed like we were going to buy him out, but then it was, no, we're not going to buy him out. He's here to play. Who knows? Um, I'm I'm just glad that we're getting guys that have been rotation players in the NBA and have been solid rotation players, unlike, you know, Melton, who hasn't played a minute at all, or, you know, Bender or those kind of guys
1: bender is still available so
0: yeah bender's still available draggy bendy he's mm-hmm. a possibility uh yeah, and big sauce alan williams oh, put world. out a Gosh. an insta post i think it was last night or a couple nights ago watch woge bomb incoming is what it, Big Sauce tweeted from Scottsdale, or that was on Instagram. Whatever social media, yucky, yucky, yuck, I know my, I know my stuff. And Carl Anthony <laughs> but,
2: Towns also posted a thing on his Instagram story saying "loading" oh. or whatever.
1: Okay, what did he say?
2: He had a picture saying "loading" when free agency was about to start or whatever, and then uh, D'Lo got that worked well. Did not
1: <laughs> to wait, but was, so, could we, you know, could, could we run out the most unathletic lineup in the league? As of right now. Kaminsky, yes. Baines, Sarich, two other players, and that would still be the most unathletic lineup in the league.
2: I mean we could we could roll out two T Rex players and tie Jerome and Frank Kaminsky, both guys who have shorter wingspans than Heights. Yeah. 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 Jerome out there
0: for sure. Yeah. And Cam Johnson. That's a that's a full yeah. five. I I like like that. (laughs) You know, I I thought I had something decent to bring up, but Mitch, you kind of blew it away with that. Thanks. (laughs) And here we are. Yeah. Okay, we'll move it on. We'll talk about a couple of guys from the Suns that will not be back next year. Uh, Rashawn Holmes signs a two-year $10 million deal with the Kings, and Troy Daniels goes to the enemy, the Lakers, on a one-year, $2.1 million deal. So, obviously, we were the we were the worst or one of the worst three-point shooting teams in the league last year. So, it's tough seeing Troy Daniels go just in that aspect. But, as I think a lot of Suns fans agree, we're not going to miss him too much. Right? <laughs> I'm not going to miss him at all
2: he was solid for going two for five from three every three games
1: yeah he didn't even play that much didn't he play like three games last year total no, <laughs> i he played i know he that. i know he played more than that i'm exaggerating but like he didn't do anything for us
0: no, he had a couple games towards the end of the season where he got hot and looked pretty decent, but there really wasn't much of that throughout the season. He did but, more
2: for us than a lot of guys did, so I don't want to harp yeah, too yeah. much on how much Troy Daniels sucks and how much I don't like him. So,
0: Well, it's going to be tough to harp on him when he steps onto the Lakers roster and he literally gets to do the job he did in Phoenix, but for a team with a lot more potential. Right, and not too uh, for just five going to be able to hang out something. there. Yeah, those those bombs will mean something then. But I'm kind of it's it's a good fit. The Lakers still have a ton of holes that they need to plug before we get to the season. But I guess throw one of the one of the better spot up shooters in the league there. I I guess I like that move for them and him. Yeah, it's I mean it's smart. I figured Trey Daniels we... was
2: going to some sort of team to uh, that was going to be in the playoffs. Uh, he was on the Rockets, like, forever ago, and that's how I, like, anyone even knew his name to begin with. He hit, like, two threes in a Rockets playoff game that helped him get a win, like, six years ago or whatever it was, but uh, it's not surprising. I I think he'd rather, you know, try and be on a more competitive team to where, you know, he's not in the bottom of the league, but whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, And
0: the Suns roster was probably expecting quite a bit more out of him than what he really brings to the table because we, we needed help in all facets of the game last year, but he'll have a more defined role with the Lakers, I'd say.
2: Yeah, not this past season, but the season before that, he was our starting shooting guard to end the season and was, like, having to dribble a lot and take mid-range and cut to the basket.
1: And, and rebound? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I bet he's glad... He... Will Troy Daniels ever get another rebound in his career? No. (laughs) He might
2: get one or two. Maybe maybe
1: a long bounce off the back. Off his own
0: three? Yeah. Off his own miss?
1: But I bet he's glad he doesn't have to box out anymore.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. All right, uh, Rashawn Holmes. Are we going to miss Rashawn Holmes? uh,
2: No. Yes and no. I'm going to... I'm going to miss him because I did like him, and it was nice to have him instead of Tyson Chandler because Tyson Chandler was so bad. But I'm much happier to have Aaron Baines than Rashawn. Even yes, if Aaron Baines is for like 30 games. I agree. Um,
1: Rashawn Holmes was exciting. I don't think anyone can deny that. He, all of his dunks were pretty emphatic. Even if they didn't really mean much, or he was wide open, it w- yeah, he was he was whipped exciting. out
0: this he whipped out this crazy windmill on a somewhat fast break. He just caught it right underneath the hoop and took Mm-mm. two steps and just put down a powerful windmill. I was like, "Holy cow!" Right, right. That's exciting. Yeah.
1: Um, I don't. He wasn't a very smart player. Um. Hmm. Yeah, I'm not really gonna miss him that much. He was exciting, though. I
0: served his role last year.
2: I did, did. I'm actually gonna amend my answer and say that I am because I last season was a train wreck, and I hated watching games. But it we had a guy that played center minutes that was a center when we had Rashawn, and he mm-hmm. was terrible at defense. His IQ wasn't very good. He'd jump at everything, but that's exactly what I expected out of him, and I was okay with it so mm-hmm. i'm amending my answer yeah. i will miss him a bit in the same sense that there are a bunch of other random guys from these last few suns years that i kind of miss like john lure
0: <laughs> yeah i'll never forget lure and his dunk over boogie cousins in that preseason season oh I know. never i'll never forget that that was nice let's kind of wrap up the free agency talk with a little bit about kelly Oubre. so news came out the suns met with Oubre on Sunday night but we still haven't heard anything else and there's been some speculation I believe it was, it was from Gambo or maybe Dave King but they said that they might think Oubre is more in line for a contract like Harrison Barnes just picked up so Oubre might be wanting a lot more money than we're willing to give him and I can see that being pretty realistic right about now. What about you guys?
2: I said that before free agency even started.
0: Yeah. Yeah, you, you didn't think Kelly was going to take a team-friendly deal? No. <laughs> <laughs> Kelly's not that kind of guy? He's not building this what? culture just to take a few less dollars? Is that what you're saying? Yeah.
1: Kelly, what, have you ever seen any pictures of him? He's a very simple guy. He's like a khakis and a polo shirt kind of guy salt
0: of the earth kind of like Kyrie. <laughs> yeah yeah exactly yeah.
1: <laughs> no no not at all he's as extravagant as it gets and i love him um <laughs> we we have his bird rights though don't we um
2: yeah well yeah. not only that so, we he, we tendered a qualifying offer so therefore right. he's a restricted free agent we can match anything
1: right right so uh, I don't know. My question is, why is
0: Harrison Barnes
1: getting this much money? <laughs> like, that just makes it difficult.
2: No one knows. I'm kind of glad the Kings like
0: did that, honestly.
2: I just want to know how I hope it's Harrison Barnes keeps getting away with this. He yeah, had, like, like, one of the worst final performances as a starter, and then proceeded to get paid a max by Dallas and then get paid another 80 million dollars right it makes no sense it makes absolutely no sense as soon as that happened i was like all right well this free agency period is bad this is this is eerily reminding of dang and mozgov money (laughs) i had that exact thought today while i was driving home actually that's
1: really funny that you say that
2: <laughs> i mean terry rogier got 58 million guaranteed yeah. oh yeah okay
0: that was crazy
2: oh here's and the thing, that though. made
0: the rubio contract so much better
1: yes it did but the thing that i keep like reading is that the Suns wanted rogier yeah and that rubio was the option after terry rogier i'm so oh. glad we did not get terry rogier yeah the talk was that's really true i'm glad we failed on that one the
2: talk was do you
0: think we were offering three for 51 to rosier too
2: probably i don't know if it was that much or what the contract was but it was there were probably some sort of like incentive baser it wasn't completely guaranteed like if there was like a option in like the second in the third year or something instead of yeah. you know like the full guarantee money
0: I'm just glad it didn't happen
2: oh absolutely absolutely and
0: Corey Joseph it just for the sake of like I don't really give a shit about most people I run <laughs> into on social media but for the sake of the Suns subreddit I'm really glad that it wasn't Corey Joseph or Rosier yeah it would have exploded
2: or Darren Collison Darren Collison is too busy being a Jehovah's Witness now to play NBA basketball.
1: Wait, that's why he retired? Yeah, he
2: retired to, oh. because of his faith. Oh, I did not know that.
0: Do we know exactly what... Uh, this might not be great for the podcast. Do we know exactly why you can't be an NBA player and a Jehovah's Witness? Do we know what the
2: what intersection is there? I don't think there's a thing saying he couldn't be an NBA player. I think he just wanted to devote his life to Oh okay to it.
0: Uh, okay. Well that makes a bit more sense, I suppose.
2: I I honestly didn't care if we signed Corey Joseph. I just felt like we would have need to have made another move or something else at point guard if we you know, like or another young guy to like take a gamble on if we signed Corey Joseph, but I'm much happier with Rubio.
1: Here's my thing. I'm really glad we have a point guard now that can't be described as a bowling ball. I feel like we've had too many of those kind of guys. You know you want... just like the undersized, get to the rim kind of, like, that's, we've had a lot, even Bledsoe, but, I mean, Bledsoe was so much more than that, but, like, we don't need any more bowling balls. We need smart and finesse and fast, like Ricky Rubio and his long hair. (laughs) Oh. We're gonna be a (laughs)
0: handsome team no matter no matter what.
1: Oh now that's true. We were even if
0: Ubre doesn't come back, we'll still be a handsome team.
2: That's right. I have to so I get that there's a lot of criticism about like Rubio can't shoot and we need someone that can shoot next to Booker. I don't care about that. Um we just need the point guard. But along the handsome lines, I wanna say (laughs) I kind of am okay with Kelly Ubre not signing with us so that way the dumb valley boys moniker can die because i hate it wow that's a strong stance it is it's the worst it's the absolute like if we came up with it and we're joking about it on the podcast it'd be fine but (laughs) that it's like a legitimate thing (laughs) that is trying to be pushed now so wait so you you don't like it because
1: you didn't think of it? No no, 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 <laughs> no. I don't like
2: it because it's serious and not a joke. I like it. <laughs> of course you do. You would like it.
0: <laughs> of course. Yeah. It's kind of funny though because that one dude on Reddit started the Valley Boys clothing line, and then Ubre trademarked Valley Boys. And now I just saw something that Uber is starting his own clothing line.
2: Oh yeah. That sounds like a I very wonder jelly if that has thing.
0: anything. Do you think he'd be upset if we just lowballed him and we like, sorry, dude, you can't run your Valley boys clothing line unless you sign this $10 million contract with us. You'll have to start from scratch. You'll have to think of a new hip name for a new fan base to get behind. That's a bargaining chip right there.
2: Shrewd Robert Sarver
0: is all over that. I guarantee it.
2: I just can't wait until we end up matching a twenty-five million dollar a year contract for Ubre.
0: Oh no, that—that's the only thing that worries me right now. I was a little worried after the draft, and then once we got Rubio, I—I thought, yeah, this is great. I don't want to get brought back down by way overpaying Kelly Ubre. I don't know if yeah. I could handle that.
1: It's a good point. Well, okay, so like, let's think about though. What does it look like without him? So Mikhail Bridges starts.
2: Mikael Bridges starts no matter hope- what.
1: Uh, I don't know about that, but without Kelly Oubre, there's no question. And then, right, um, Cam Johnson, we gotta just hope for the best with him.
0: Yeah, I think you assume that he's the backup. Three in this situation
1: right I don't know that doesn't sound great to me
0: you know it doesn't but there's probably quite a few veteran wings still on the market that can probably be got for minimums maybe not quite yet but at some point you think that might be able to happen just yeah. for a little insurance in case Cam Johnson's not near ready for productive minutes Yeah, I don't know. And there's still there's still Josh Jackson. As bad as that sounds, and as poorly as he's played, he's still on the roster. So That's you got to keep that in mind.
2: If he's not too busy being in jail. Yeah, I know he won't be, yeah. but I know
1: it's I. I told you guys this earlier today, but we're probably just gonna cut Josh Jackson, right? Probably.
0: That that would hurt letting go of Bender and letting go of Jackson and just pretty much getting rid of every single player from the McDonough era era except Booker. Yeah. Like that that'd kinda hurt, but I mean we, we we're obviously in need of a fresh start so but man there's just that potential and you know he's he'll sign somewhere else he might not do a thing this year but a year after that he turns into a great player and he's lighting up the suns four times a year like that's just the sun's luck
1: yeah well so far marquise chris hasn't
2: done anything and brandon knight is garbage still so i don't think we have to worry (laughs) about some of these guys lighting up the suns at all
1: yeah.
0: Troy Daniels is dropping 30 on the Suns next year. Anthony Davis and LeBron will just be able to take the night off, and he's just <laughs> going to be raining in threes. <laughs>
1: uh, Troy Daniels and Kyle Kuzma.
0: Gross. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so while we're waiting for the Kelly news, are there any other targets you'd like to – see the Suns go after or maybe even a position that we should maybe address if possible with whatever room we can muster up. There's still Melton and Okobo sitting at the end of the bench in our point guard position too. seems like one of those guys will probably be on the move as well.
2: I think one of those guys gets moved and we try and bring in another veteran veteran wing. Uh, right now, yeah. Yeah uh Tyler Johnson could play backup point guard or backup shooting guard Uh, who knows but I feel like we still need another veteran presence at wing yeah I agree with that I also wouldn't mind bringing in
1: someone else who can handle the ball just another guard in general because we're fine with like with Rubio and Johnson and point booker but I wouldn't be opposed to bringing in someone younger than Jamal Crawford but
0: ideally, yeah. Yeah,
1: but <laughs> if we brought in like a, uh, I don't even know, like I can't think of an example off the top of my head. But I even can't someone even remember who's on the like market right now? Thing. To be honest, I know it's been it has been wild. This free agency
2: period has been a mess. I, I will say another point guard would be nice uh, if we think that Tyler. Or, if we don't want Tyler Johnson being our primary backup point guard, I would like having another veteran point guard on the roster. Um, because Tyler Johnson's fine, and I think Tyler Johnson's an okay step gap if stop or an okay replacement player if like Rubio has an injury or anything. Um, I just I want or I want real point guards, and that'd be awesome to have another one.
0: I feel that. And the big question mark is right now, where do the Suns feel Ty Jerome is going to fit in? Like, Is he going to be a player that can do something in his rookie year or is he going to have to be slowly brought along? And on the topic of that, I say we talk about summer league a little bit and then let's just keep it rolling with uh, Ty Jerome. He's the guy I'm most excited to watch in Summer League because I think he out of our rookies he has the biggest chance to make an input on our pro squad this year. and I just think that with both him and Johnson, their IQs and their experience and all the game like all the basketball those dudes have played, I hope it shows that they have a bit of a heads up on the rest of the summer League competition. That's the one thing I'm looking for. If Ty Jerome looks smart out on the court in summer league, I'll be pretty optimistic for him heading into the regular season.
2: Yeah, I think what other other holes we need to fill, we have to wait kind of until after summer league. We need to see how these guys play. And obviously you can't take summer league for anything. You you just can't judge it. But, I mean, Ty Jerome might be able to be – a, a rotation player off right off the bat. Uh, and, you know, Cam Johnson might be able to be a rotation player right off the bat. These guys are, you know, kind of high-floor guys that have NBA range. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me if they can contribute. It's it's just going to kind of be interesting to see. And I would, I'd be happy if these guys can contribute right away, but you can't bet on anything when it comes to rookies. Their draft is a crapshoot.
1: Yeah, it is. And, I mean, ideally, I would like these guys to not play a whole lot. And I think that's what the front office wants. I don't think they wanted to play Melton and Akobo last year very much, but they were forced to. I know James Jones has talked a bunch about, like, not wanting to just, like, throw rookies right into the fire and, like, have them have all this responsibility right away. I think they want these guys to earn it, and they haven't had to for a long time. So I'm interested to see if these guys play at all at the start of the season.
2: Well, Cam Johnson and Ty Jerome are completely different rookies than Akobo and Melton too. That's A-Kobo true. And Melton That's were true. 100% projects. Akobo was still right. transitioning from being a two in the French league and had a lot of work. Melton had just completely raw offensive game but had, you know, good measurables and athleticism. He- Cam Johnson and Ty Jerome are just completely different styles of prospects you know they're yeah they they have jump shots they have offensive games kind of already they're older players i mean cam johnson was the oldest player picked in the lottery in the last however many years and right say say what you want about the pick if you think he's too old if he doesn't have a huge ceiling he has a high floor and he can probably contribute right away
1: yeah and uh, that all makes sense I guess I just look at it from, like, the perspective of culture a little bit, too. Like, obviously, they're good enough to probably play, you know. But I do kind of like the thought of, like, they do have to earn it a little bit and work hard and practice and those kind of things. And I feel like we've heard quite a bit about how guys haven't had to do that. And they can say, a great example is Mike James. I remember Mike James would tell people on twitter i start in the nba do you deserve that probably not you know but it's i think we are seeing like a shift in culture a little bit so i'm interested to see if they have to earn it a little bit even despite their age and
2: skill set well i think it's going to be a little closer to melton and bridges last year while they were kind of thrown into the fire they didn't start right away and, yeah. I mean, Bridges for sure had to kind of earn it over other guys too and absolutely deserved it. And Melton showed mm-hmm. while he's not a good offensive player, he's still a really strong defender. And that's why right. he got, you know, minutes and why we were able to cut Kanan and that kind of stuff.
0: Yeah. And a good point about earning it uh, the two rookies we drafted have already somewhat earned it with their college career, showing that they can be can play like high-level competitive basketball at a successful rate, they've earned that compared to a lot of the 19-year-old kids that get drafted. That's true. So I think that's a nice step in the right direction for those guys. You know, If they do, if it's a new process once they get to the pros, at least uh, they can look back on those experiences and be like, okay, these guys do know how to win. They were just doing it. Yeah, that makes sense. So otherwise, for summer league, uh, is there anything else you guys want to see? I we have no idea if Aiton and Bridges, Okobo and Melton, we don't know if they're going to be with the team. They have we have played uh, rookies and sophomores in the past, so it seems like Aiton and Bridges would make sense to be there but we don't quite know about that yet. So I, as a fan that's going down to Vegas, I really hope they do play.
1: That'd be cool, but I would not expect it. And if they do, I would think maybe they play the first game and then just they're there for moral support otherwise.
2: I could see Mikhail uh, playing more. I don't think Aiden needs to play. I think I don't think it'll benefit him at all. Playing, I mean, Monty's not going to be there. I, I don't think Aiden. I don't think it benefits Aiden at all. I think I don't think it's a bad idea for Bridges. I don't think Bridges necessarily needs to play either, but I think it. I, I think that it could just help him, you know, practice some stuff on the offensive end. Uh, I definitely think Cobol Brid- yeah. should play as long as they're still on the roster. Oh, yeah. They should absolutely be playing, and I'm I would assume they would play.
1: Bridges also seems kind of like a guy who would want to play in Summer League. Like, I could see that.
0: Right, like his attitude and then him being the leader of the squad. I kind of like the idea of that. And that's the guy who's stuck around in Phoenix and he's been working out all offseason. So that might be a good guy for uh, the one to rally the troops a little bit down in Vegas.
1: Yeah. Also, we should note, I have another thing on Summer League. Jack Cooley is not participating this year. Right, and isn't I'm that? I'm really sad.
0: That's terrible. He even tweeted like, "This is the first time in X years that I won't be down in Las Vegas playing summer league." I read that and I got a. I was a little choked up.
1: Yeah, it's an end of an era.
0: Like, what are we gonna root for down there? Who's gonna be the new king of Las Vegas? <laughs>
2: Us, I guess. Oh. Oh, hey,
0: I I actually got it. Um, Taco Fall? No. I'm 99% sure that Mike Dom from South Uh, Dakota State signed with the Trailblazers summer squad. Mm -hmm. So he's got a build that it's not quite Cooley-esque. He doesn't have that girth. Who are we kidding? Are you (laughs) telling
2: me Jimmer isn't going to white Summer League on fire? Oh, my god. Oh, no. It's How in Vegas How many shots David? is he
0: gonna put up per minute that he's in? Ten, like three, three to ten, three to ten to per ten? minute. Ten per minute. Heaving <laughs> them. Uh, sure. All right. I I guess summer league as a whole. Uh, if you've been a fan of the show for long, you know that we've been making it down to summer league, and spending as much time there as we possibly can. We're doing that again this summer uh we'll be down there i i don't know if we'll miss a game maybe one game we'll miss mm, sun's wise
1: may it depends how far they go at the end but
0: right but do they play on the opening night the 5th
1: oh they might we might miss i them.
0: think we miss that one yeah but we'll be there i think we'll be there for four or five games and what we do is we get home from the game And we record a podcast and we we really try to break down what we saw out of the rookies, especially the guys that we think will get some minutes for the Suns. So we will be doing that again. Expect a bunch of podcasts coming hot and heavy over the next uh, week starting on the, I think the 7th or 8th will be the first one that comes out.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. And also Instagram, at SunnyNPHXPod. The joke is that... I post all the time when in reality i never do but at summer league i do post and i'll go live on instagram to show you like what what we're seeing you can see some really cool stuff at summer league pretty easily so be on the lookout for that
2: yeah it's a a lot of fun we we do it all it's the ultimate experience for a basketball fan and i'm really excited to see some of these rookies um You know, the draft was a little bit of a letdown, I felt like, for the Suns. And we were a little frustrated and didn't really know what was going on on that night. And kind of the afterwards of it, too, was frustration. But that's all behind. It'll be interesting to see. We have have the guys we have now. It'll be interesting to see how they go. And, you know, we'll definitely be talking about how they stack up.
1: Yeah. All right, well it is time for the non-sports section of the show and i'm actually gonna throw this one to david because it's a question he came up with and it's a really good one so what do you got all
2: right so this was inspired by the recent binge watching of silicon valley by myself and the missus uh we just finished it a couple of weeks ago and while we were watching it, I talked to Mitch, and he had talked about how a certain character had a, um, had a change in their story, and this, there's going to be some spoilers for some TV stuff in this one, so the idea is, what is a character whose story changed or got a bigger role in the story in one of your favorite TV shows, or a TV show you watch in general, that... What, what character went through a change or got a little bit of added story that was maybe unpopular or didn't get as much love as you thought needed to that that you liked? Like, what what story did the character get that you liked that other people might not have liked? And this was inspired because the character Jin Yang in Silicon Valley it was one of Mitch's favorite characters. And then in season five, he didn't like the, the way they went with the story. And after watching it, I think that it completely goes in line with his character uh, af- after season one where he was kind of just a bit part. He was still a bit part, but it just seemed like the type of character he was just kind of trying to screw over everyone. And it, his turn in season five of his new, new internet and all that kind of stuff felt very much exactly like Jin Yang to me.
1: <laughs> the new, new internet was a stretch, I thought. <laughs>
0: I love everything about Jin Yang in that show. Like literally everything that he ever does. And I just enjoy it. So I can't say anything poor about him.
1: Yeah. I mean, I loved him too. I just thought that it was just too much. I, I guess people change and develop, but it just didn't feel like I was watching Jin Yang anymore. It didn't feel like it was him.
0: This is a spoiler, and correct me if I'm wrong, but doesn't he, like, bring a pig's ashes in a five-gallon bucket and to prove that Ehrlich yes. is, is dead? Yeah. yeah. That's so funny. That is funny. I mean, it's funny.
1: It's still funny. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, yeah. It's funny. <laughs> <laughs>
2: his, I, I, I thought that was great, the, him taking over the house with T.J. Miller being a total tool. Uh, was great and that no one cared and I felt like that worked in really well. But just Jin Yang kind of like just like screwing over rules and like kind of using these like loopholes to get away with stuff just seemed accurate to me and taking advantage and kind of being a jerk just seemed very Jin Yang to me.
1: Each their own, I suppose. (laughs) But, okay, to answer the question, though, I know mine. Uh, I'm a huge, huge fan of The Office. And I've always thought a very underrated character was Erin. I always liked her. I thought she was really funny. But I know a lot of people just thought she was dumb and just kind of an airhead. But I never looked at her like that. I just looked at her as like a... Just eternal optimist and i really liked that and uh identified with that i suppose and in some of the later seasons she had a larger role but i always just thought she was really funny i thought ellie kemper did a great job of playing her so that's my answer i thought aaron was really funny on the office
0: you know what one of my favorite things from the office is that my my wife really doesn't like that i like this so much what it's the whole kelly and ryan relationship and just everything about it
1: yeah it's amazing i
0: I love it like when they start making out when (laughs) ryan's on the horse is one of my favorite television moments as well as ditching the baby with kelly's boyfriend and then just getting out of that party i I love that stuff and i can't put my finger on why i love it so much but it really entertains me
1: yeah i like their relationship too it's really funny (laughs) it's
0: it's wrong but it's right yeah yeah so my my whole thing kind of goes along with this and i don't know if you guys have watched this show but uh dexter did you guys watch dexter i watched like the first season
2: uh, I've only watched a couple of episodes. It's, it's on the watch list for sure. But.
0: Okay. Okay. So I don't really want to spoil a whole series in case people haven't watched it, but I'm just going to say that, yeah, I can't do anything more than say this. I'm not mad at how the show ends. I know that's unpopular. A lot of people thought it ended pretty poorly overall in the big scope of television shows but i don't think it was as bad as lost and uh game of thrones may have been worse too so
2: as as being just someone Mm -hmm. on the internet it definitely seems like when you're talking about terrible last seasons or terrible endings to shows lost and dexter are always brought up as just worst television the worst television possible it seems like
0: I remember being pretty let down by lost, but the Dexter one I didn't get hung up on as a lot of other people did. So yeah, I'll leave it at that to not spoil anything because it's definitely a great series. That's probably worth a watch when you're in one of those binge moods.
2: That is that's fair. I I don't like Dexter is definitely on the watch list. So I'm, I'm, interested to see where that goes there's been so much on the watch list and i'm forgetting stuff that's been on it but uh i do want to shout out one more character and that's paul rudd is in the last like two seasons of friends and the last season of friends is garbage but i love paul rudd and i love his character Mm -hmm. so I, i just want to throw out that paul rudd doesn't get enough love in those last two seasons
0: that's a fair point that's a fair point Okay, let's wrap it up there. Uh, thank you guys for tuning in. Be sure to check us out on social media. This is Twitter and Instagram, at Sonny and Pod. Be sure to be checking that out over Summer League because we'll be actually posting on social media. Like, we'll actually do it over the next week or so. So be, be tuned in for that. Uh, we're all excited for Summer League. We get to see the rookies get their feet wet finally. And we appreciate you guys tuning in. Go Suns.